Israel had a pretty much amazing experience with God. I don't know how well you know your Bible, but in this book of Exodus we've got Moses. Maybe there were three or four million Hebrews who came out of Egypt, came out of Egypt to the desert and on their way to the promised land. And you can imagine the scene. Here's the mountain and God's on the mountain and he's there in a cloud and he's there in lightning and he's shaking this poor mountain to its very foundations. You know, when God turns up, there is real power. And, and I get the sense and I get the feeling that we in the Adventist church in Australia, in the secular Western world, don't begin to envision the power of God. And one thing I pray for New Hope is that this will be different here. That, that this church will truly experience the reality and the power of God. And that's why over these first three, four, five, half a dozen sermons that I'm going to present, Bible studies I'm going to present here, I'm going to, I'm going to share with you how you can practically get into an experience, a real live experience with a real live God. Now, you could be a Hebrew. You, you could be one of those four million. You could have your tent set up. You could have your family. However, in that tent, you could be, you could be walking through the desert. I want to tell you there wasn't one single atheist in that Hebrew group. There were people who were struggling to follow God. We know that. Have a look at their history. Have a look at the story. But there wasn't one single atheist in that group. There is no way that there was anyone saying amongst the Hebrews, God does not exist because Moses took them out, three, four, five million. We don't know exactly know how many. And he took them out and he, he led them all to the bottom of the mountain. And the mountain's shaking and there's lightning and there's thunder and you can imagine the scene. And then God begins to speak and all three, four million people heard the voice of God. There was no doubt God was shaking the mountain. Now I am a servant of the Most High God. And I come with you, I come to you this morning with a message. And the message is this, just as God shook the mountain four years ago. Just as God spoke to his people 4,000 years ago, I'm standing here before you and I promise you, I give you my word, God will shake your mountain and God will speak to you. If you've got your Bibles, I want to, I want to invite you to turn to Isaiah chapter 65 and verse 24. I'll tell you what, we need to start to claim some of these promises. This is God speaking. This is the same God who spoke to the Hebrews. He's speaking through Isaiah the prophet, who is an end time prophet to us. So this guy was brought into existence by God for us. His message is for us. His message is for New Hope. It's for Sydney. It's for the Christians. It's for the Adventists living in Australia. In the Western world, we were struggling so much for the reality of God. And he says this, and this is God's promise, and I'm telling you, we need to start to grab these promises. Before, says God, they call. I'll make this personal. Before you call, <coughs> says God, <coughs> before you call, I will answer. While you're still speaking, while you're still praying, I will hear. Now that's a promise. 
God says that if you pray to him, if you seek him, this is a promise from the living God. He says, I will answer you. I will hear. The problem is, I think if most of us were honest, we have an experience with God, most of us, not all of us, well, that is not happening. And most people, if they're honest, will say, yeah, I kind of know God exists, but this seems to be a one-way walk with God. It seems like my prayers are going no, no higher than the ceiling. And, and if you're honest, I mean, how long since you heard from God? How long since he spoke to you? And I know I tell people, I'm, a, I'm amazed here in Christianity that we can make so many big decisions in our lives without knowing God or hearing from God. And if you don't hear from God, you don't know God. I mean, how could you ever get married, Lizka? And we dealt with this in our relationship, didn't we? Until God says yes. Well, how do you know what job you should be doing or career you should be pursuing? Or, or how do you know even what church you should be attending? There are some of you here today that God has called you to new hope. Amen? Amen. Well, there's some big amens there. Amen. Amen. But there are some of you that God hasn't. Amen? Amen. You're called other churches. Oh, it pains me to say it. But you are. But you don't know if you haven't got a relationship with God where he's not telling you, and I've got to tell you, I'm amazed that people last so long in Adventism without having a God who speaks to them. I wouldn't last three weeks. And I see older people in Adventism. I pray this is not you, but it's a reality of what we face who go their whole lives never experiencing this real life God. What a disaster. And you see them. You can see the confusion. You can see the frustration. Often they get bitter and angry. There's some of you angriest people in the church, let me tell you. Because you're up there talking about a God that they know doesn't exist. But he does. And he does speak to his people. But it's not the experience that so many of us are having. And as I mix with our culture, of, as, as I mix with non-Adventists, non-Christians, as I mix with Adventists and Christians, there's a hunger and there's a thirst for an experience with a real live God. Amen? Don't you hunger and thirst for that? I, I think that most of the people, and there are a lot of people leaving our ranks at the moment, I'm telling you, and I say it openly and have for some time, the Western church, Christian and Adventist church is challenged. I look back on my youth and I'm 51 and life is just going, Phew. most of the kids in my class at school, and I was in a Seventh-day Adventist high school, not only are they not Adventists, they're not followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, they're either agnostic or they're atheists. Go to college, study to become a religious teacher, pastor. And this is where it gets a little bit scary. Most of the guys, and most of them were men, we only had one woman in our class. Most of the guys who studied theology no longer walk with God. These are men studying to be 
and women to be pastors. And I reckon that a lot of them are leaving God. I don't think it's the theology most of the time. Sometimes it's a little bit of theology, but that's not really it. And I don't think it's, it's, it's people in the church. Oh, yeah, we all know some people in the church can be nasty. Not at New Hope, by the way. But, you know, you can face this sort of stuff and, oh, I left it. But really, i got to tell you, when you've got an experience with God where you're talking to him and it's live and it's real, and praise God, he's talking back to you, all of a sudden you've got someone to share the struggles and the battles, the trials, the challenges and the hurt and the pain with. Amen? Look, my father, he's a pastor. 25, 26, 27, 28 years old, maybe 30, I don't know. Somewhere around there. I'm a small boy. We lived on a dairy farm. He got called, and I've never asked him how he knew, but he got called by the Lord to be a pastor. He's a dairy farmer, fairly uneducated dairy farmer, left in grade nine or grade eight. I can't remember. It was low, very educated in the ways of the world, very skilled tradesman, but never went far in school as often they didn't back in those days. He got a call from the Lord. I remember he tells this story. I remember as long as I, I live. He says, well, well, I wasn't, sh- you know, I, I didn't want to go. I was on a dairy farm. We we're making good money. Things were, life was turning around. They just bought another farm. He wanted to know that God was actually calling him. So he's looking for the voice of the Lord to confirm. And so my dad, dairy farmer, walks outside one night. I don't know whether you've ever tried this. I bet you a lot of you have. And he walks outside and he looks up at the sky. That's where God lives up there. And he says, Lord, I need a voice, a clear voice from you telling me that you want me to be a pastor. Now, if you want me to be a pastor, I want you to shoot a star from one end of the sky to the other. Now, does God talk to us? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he prays that prayer in Jesus' name. Guess what happens? Oh, yes, there's one star coming from one end of the sky to the other, and that's the truth, and he become a pastor, and he's been one all his life from about 30 years of age. So here I am, 12, 13 years of age. I wandered away from God. Gives my mother great pain to hear me say this from the front, but it's the reality of what happened. I wander away from God. When I was 25 years old, I felt the call of the Lord in my heart. Do you, do you know what I'm talking about? That tug that, that Jesus has to come back. But I wasn't sure that God existed. And so you know what I did? I went to the window of my college dorm room. I looked up at the sky and I said, I'm going to do exactly what my dad did because I'm looking for the reality of God. Fair enough? Does God talk? Does he come back at us? Does he care? Does he want to communicate with Lloyd? Lord, I feel the call. In fact, uh, I don't just feel the call for conversion, I feel the call to become a pastor. Um, uh, Lord, if you want me to follow you, assure me that you are uh, there, do what you did for my dad, and send a shooting star from one sky to the other, from one side of the sky to the other. Guess what happened? Well, I'm a pastor. What happened? Man, you know what? It was the darkest night in the history of the world. There were no stars. The clouds were over the sky. Nothing shot through. There wasn't even a plane light in the sky. Not a single thing. 
And I thought, well, if God does exist, he doesn't want to talk with me. And I walked away. It was sad. Come, a few years later, I had a conversion to the Lord Jesus Christ. I responded to his call. I was I got a scholarship to Pacific Union College in northwest the United States of America, Northern California, up in the, the foothills of the Sierra Mountains. I shared a bit last week how on one winter's night, didn't have a lot of had no friends there. By myself, Saturday night, down on the tennis court, bowling a tennis ball against the net. So homesick, I was aching. And I remember the Lord coming to me and saying, look, Lloyd, and, and it was almost audible, if you got no one, man, but if you want, I'll be your friend. And I fell on my knees and I gave my heart to the Lord Jesus Christ. Then I discovered something. And this is what I want to share with you today. It doesn't take long, but this is what I discovered, and it's the secret to the voice of God that guides and directs me every single day. I spoke to the Lord this morning, and the Lord spoke to me. Every time I go to the Lord, in his time, he comes back to me. It is a two-way relationship. When I got called out of Warunga to come here, you better believe I spoke to the Lord about it and got his permission first. Luzka knows that when we got married, we probably held the wedding up, what, six months or more, maybe close to 12 months because we were looking for the voice of the Lord to give us permission to get married. And he gave it to us. Hallelujah, he gave it to us. But it took him a while. Didn't come straight away. And this is what I discovered after the Lord converted me, and it's what I want to share with you now, and it's simple. Romans 10, 17. If you've got your Bibles, look at it. So then faith. Faith is what you've got when you believe in a real life God. Faith comes by what? Hearing. You can't have faith if you're not hearing something. And a lot of the time we're trying to have faith to believe in a real life God, to walk with him, to share him, to be active, spirit-filled, fiery Christians. That's faith. I know you're there, Lord. I'm going to share you. I'm going to stand for you. That's faith. But we're not hearing him. And then the Bible gives us the secret, the secret, the secret. Hearing comes by what? The what? What? The word of God. And this is what happened. And I'm, look, don't be disappointed because when you try this in your own life, and I'm, I'm challenging, I'm going to talk more about this next week. I'm challenging you, go home and try it. Open your Bible and start to look for the Word of God. To you, God will speak to you through His Word, through the Bible. And it is very, very powerful. This is God speaking. And when, uh, and I don't do this so much anymore. I don't need to because I'm so, after years, I'm so versed in this in my own experience with the Lord. But when I first started out, I'd get a sheet of paper. I want to show you what I'd do. I, 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 I would, I would get a, a textbook and, and somewhere locked away at my house, stored away. I have many of these textbooks, chock a block full. And I would put the, the date. The text, what it means to me and what I can pray about. 
Now, I want to give you a, a stark illustration of this this morning. Now, I just want someone, and this is to prove that it's not, you know, uh, planned or anything. I want someone just to, to, to yell out to me a, a chapter in the Bible, any chapter. Any chapter. Huh? Oh, you're making it too easy. <laughs> Don't go there. Give me, an, give me a harder one because that is very, that's very powerful psalm for every person who ever lived. I, you're giving me too powerful of, of, of scriptures. I don't know what's in I know what's in Psalm 46. I know what's in Psalm 91. What was your one? I don't know what's on Isaiah 14. We're going to Isaiah 14. Now this is how the Lord speaks to me. And I'm going to show you live. So this is what I do. First thing I do is I pray. Can I pray? I'll show you live what I do. Lord Jesus, help me now as I study your word to see your voice that will speak to my heart. In Jesus' name, amen. Can you pray that prayer? So now I'm not going looking for theology. I'm not looking for doctrine. I'm looking for the voice of God to me in my devotion. And this is what I do, verse 14. The Lord will have compassion on Jacob. Once again, he will choose Israel and will settle them in their own land. Aliens will join them and unite with the house of Jacob. And I'm almost weeping reading this. The Lord's speaking to me, and he's speaking to me really powerfully. And I didn't know what was in Isaiah 14. That's why I chose that one and not the other scriptures I knew. The Lord will have compassion on new hope. He has chosen her. He will settle her here. And aliens, people who do not know the Lord, will join and unite with the house of Jacob. I want to cry. In front of you, the Lord's He's having an impact on me because it's scary to leave a room of church with six, seven, eight hundred people in it. And all the financial backing for the television and everything else. And right then the Lord says to me, He will be Lloyd with new hope. He will settle her. People will join her. Aliens are people who don't know the Lord. And so I write down up here. And we're going to go back there. The date, what is the date? The 7th of March. The text, Isaiah 1 verse 1, what it means to me, God will grow new hope. And the prayer, I say, thank you for that assurance, Lord. The more you do this, the more you're going to see the power of God's word in your life. The, book, the Bible's not an ordinary book, it's a miracle book. The Holy Spirit is in it. Like like Hebrews says, the words are alive, they're on fire. God's talking to you. He's leading you. He's guiding you through the Scripture day by day. And it's amazing how the particular chapter that you just happen to be in is the chapter where God wants you, this supernatural stuff coming here, and he's talking, 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 talking to you. Do do, do you get what I'm saying? One more verse, verse 3. On the day the Lord gives you relief from suffering and turmoil, on that day, oh, sorry, on the day the Lord gives you relief from suffering and turmoil and cruel bondage, you will take up this taunt against the king of Babylon. How the oppressor has come to an end, how the fury has ended. And I'm going, hallelujah, how was the Lord telling me there? He's saying, Lloyd, it's tough. It's not easy living in this world. 
But you better know that I'm coming back and the oppressor. Who's the oppressor? The devil. You're going through a hard time. That text is going to mean something to you. I know what it's like to be an insomniac, not to sleep. In the middle of the night, three o'clock, can't sleep. It's a beautiful thing to know that the Lord's with you and the oppressor that's causing you to go through this trouble and trial, causing you not to sleep. Eventually, he's going to get what's coming and you're going to be relieved. You're going to be healed and you're going to live for eternity. And so I go from my Bible study. At the end of my Bible study... I got three or four verses there. I get down on my knees with my book open. Who's been talking to me? Jesus, God. He's been talking to me and now I start to talk back to him. Well, Lord, thank you so much. for. And he gave me a public assurance today in front of you guys that New Hope's going to be okay. You know that? Hallelujah. He wasn't just talking to me there. He's talking to you too. Thank you, Lord, that new hope's going to be okay. And thank you, Lord, I've been going through, I haven't actually, but well, just say this is where I was at. I've been going through a tough time, Lord. Work's been tough, struggling with the boss. I'm not doing too well financially. Thank you, Lord, that you've told me that the oppressor, and I need to remember who my oppressor is. It's not my boss. It's not my wife. It's not my kids. Thank you, Lord, that the oppressor Satan's going to get you. And, 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 and I go off to work that day and I've had a conversation with God and has he had one with me? Huh? So you're going to go home and try it? Huh? You better because I'm going to ask you about it next week. Isaiah 59 verse 2, here's a problem. It's your sins that have cut you off from God. This is a pretty serious text actually. Actually, it's your sins that have cut you off from God. Because of your sins, he has turned away. Oh, no, you don't want that. We're sinners, aren't we? We struggle, but we overcome, but we struggle. When you're praying, and this is just a little hint, make sure at the beginning of your prayer, as a simple thing, that you clear the interference. I love the Lord Jesus. All you've got to do is get on your knees and say, Jesus... Forgive me. It's that easy, amen? Jesus, forgive me. And you're forgiven and the interference is all gone and you've got a straight line right through to heaven and you're going to get a lot clearer. You know, you're going to hear the, the, the voice of God a lot clearer. And by the way, as you start to get to know, here, Desiree, you can have your Bible back. As you start to get to know the voice of God, thank you, in the Bible... <laughs> you're going to start to recognise his voice in your head. Because you've got a whole lot of voices in your head. I'll tell you some of the voices in my head. I've got Hannah and Danae, very loud. These are my girls' daughters. They're very loud and sometimes very squawky loud in my head. i got uh, Lizka in my head and she's very loud too. Don't be fooled. She, she, no, no, no. And we struggle to be able to hear and identify the voice of God. He's in your head too, amen? But as you study the Bible, you're going you're to get to know his voice. You're going to get to know the tone. This will sound strange, but you're going to get to know the sound and you're going to get to recognise him. So he'll be able to talk to you and you'll respond. In fact, I'm interested that my favourite author, she says, when Jesus comes, the world shakes. 
and 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 she says there's a great earthquake and buildings are falling down and islands are sinking into the sea and it's it, she says it's such a cataclysmic event that even the saints the saved are terrified as the king of kings comes back and shakes the world but then she says and, and I find this really interesting and I, I'm 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 putting it in my words she says he cries out and he says, Behold, I have come for my people. And she says, when we hear his voice, I find this very interesting. When we hear his voice, we recognise it's Jesus. And our hearts are assured and we lift our hands in the law, air because we know Jesus has come back to get us. Psalm 60 verse 2 verse 5, and this is why you've got to pray. That's why it's got to become a part of your life. It's so, so, look, I used to say this at Wurrunga, and I'm going to say it here too. I'm not the best preacher in the world. You're going to hear a lot of better preachers. I'm no David Ashrick, Dwight Nelson. <sighs> wish I was, but I'm not. I wish I had their power, their words, their elocution to get my message across. And so I ask the Holy Spirit now as we close this program to get this message across to your heart God brought you here today for a reason. It's to hear this. You need to pray. And this is why you need to pray. The Bible says, Psalm 62, verse 5, Yes, my soul, it will find rest in God. My hope and my comfort comes from Him. My soul will find rest in God. When you pray with God, you're hanging with him. The more time you spend with him in the Bible, the more time you spend with him in prayer, two-way prayer, not one-way prayer, get away from this one-way prayer. It's destructive. Get away with it, from it. Get into two-way prayer. Jesus and you. The more time you spend, the more in love you'll be. And this is why it's important because Jesus says, you spend time with me, get this, get this, get this. And a lot of Adventists don't get it. So important. The Sabbath is in this too, but we'll talk about that another day. Jesus said, spend time with me and you're going to get, can we have a look at the the text again? We're going to get what? What are we going to get? What's it say? What are you going to get? Rest. Now I'm closing. This is an antichrist world. When you go out there and you're trying to live for Jesus, you're going to get hit. You're going to get whacked. Satan's going to go out of his way to make your boss nasty at work. He's going to go out of his way to make sure things don't work out how they should. And you're out there and you're getting big hunks of flesh taken out of you. And you're rest deprived. And then you go... And I see this happen to me, to your Bible study. And you pray and the Holy Spirit is there in power and you begin to read and you're in the intimate presence of Jesus and he begins to heal you. And and you don't even know how he does it, he just does it. And to recreate you and to patch you and to put you back together so that when you go out there again, you are a completely restored new person and you need it every single day of your life. Do you get what I'm saying? It's healing. Sometimes I sit at the, 
the railway station or at the airport when I'm there and I watch the people of our culture and they all rush by and you look at their their faces and their rest deprived because they don't have this experience with Jesus and today I'm offering it to you and Jesus is calling you to it. All you've got to do is make a decision now to follow Jesus.